Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the podcast this week. We are here with another Etsy success story, which you know I love. Your stories just tickle me to no end, and this one will not disappoint. So today on the podcast, we have Debbie Schaefer, who is the owner of Willow Road CA on um, on Etsy. I will link that and all of her links, of course, in the show notes for you. But Debbie makes Morse code bracelets. She has a jewelry shop on Etsy. She started back in 2015. Um, and here's the thing about Debbie. She's incredible, you guys. She also runs two Denny's restaurants. How the woman has a full-time Etsy shop and runs restaurants, I will never understand. Um, Her first year on Etsy, she had 50 orders and made $850 in sales. Last year, though, she had almost 1,600 orders and made over $74,000 in sales, even with the shop being on vacation mode almost two months. And as you can imagine, during the pandemic, managing restaurants, she's had to do vacation mode a lot just to like stay afloat. She's done amazingly. So she has one thing that's kind of cool. She has she's had numerous bestsellers over time in her jewelry shop, but she has one listing that has maintained the bestseller badge for the better part of three years, which is a big deal, y'all. And um, her bestseller has made her over ninety thousand dollars. That's insane. Like she, there are so many really cool things about her story that you're going to enjoy. She has been featured in on Brides.com in 2021, and she was featured in Good Housekeeping just this month before Mother's Day. Um, and my goodness gracious, she's doing so many things right. I think there's a lot to learn in this. If you listen, listen to some of those details in her stories and how she's handling things and how she's growing and some of the things that have made the difference, I think some of you are going to have some real aha breakthrough moments today. So enough of that. Let's welcome Debbie to the podcast. Oh, this story is going to be amazing. Well, hello, Debbie. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad we get to do this. Well, thank you for having me. I'm a fan. I love listening to your <laughs> podcast. So thank. So this is like a huge treat for me. What is so fun about Debbie and me is that the reason we met is... um. I don't know if you guys remember, if you've been around for a while, many, many months ago, I had a drawing where you could put your name in the hat. Um, If you did a a review, if you put a review on the podcast, I put the names in a hat and then I I drew two people at the end who got like a, a private coaching, like a free coaching with me, complimentary. And Debbie was one of the winners. And I'm, I was kind of chuckling, like, why did she even want any advice from me? Because her shop is freaking amazing. Um, but we came up with some ideas. We had some fun, right, Debbie? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And thank you for that. 
Oh, it was it was a blast, and I love uh, I love seeing different shops like yours. And I still think it's fun, even when you're well established, to just have someone to bounce ideas off of. Like I know I've always appreciated that for my own businesses. So that was super fun. And then I was like, all right, Debbie, what are the odds I can talk you into being <laughs> on the podcast? And here you are. Well, and I'm excited to be here. And and I loved our chat. And I did take I had I was like writing notes frantically, um, and had lots of great ideas after that after the chance that we had to talk. It was fun. You know, you have some really unique elements to your story that I'm excited we get to share today. So um, let's get into it because I know everyone's waiting. Um, tell our listeners a bit about your story. Like what is your background personally and professionally because it's different. Tell us about you. Well, I'm probably pretty boring. No. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a mom with grown daughters um, and, I, and grandchildren, four grandchildren. And I've spent um, the most of my my life being doing the mom thing and working in a corporate restaurant environment. And I would never, ever have considered myself like the creative type person, um, probably because I was so busy trying to keep the mom thing going on top of it and and working full time. Um, and it was like more than full time. It was it was like at the minimum about a 50 hour week. And so um about 15 years ago, my husband and I decided that we were going to do the scariest thing that we have ever done in our lives. <laughs> and we purchased um, two restaurants. The, the restaurant brand that I worked for was Denny's. Um, and we had the opportunity. They were, they were making some changes. And so we had the opportunity to purchase two Denny's. And so that's what we did. And that's what we've done um, for the last 15 years. And it's definitely been a roller coaster, um, a good roller coaster, but a scary roller coaster at times. Um, and then kids are all grown, like I said. And about seven years ago, um, I opened a Etsy shop and had no clue what I was doing for probably the first two years or even more. And it's just sort of evolved and transitioned in the last seven years to where it is now. Uh uh, yeah, a lot, a lot. So you, I love, I love your Etsy shop. I think it's so unique and so cool because you sell Morse code bracelets. Like you make them yourself. You sell these bracelets that show Morse code messages on them. And I think, um, you know, people really, really love a personalized gift like that on Etsy. Like I sort of think you hit it out of the park. <laughs> yeah. It's, how did you decide on that? It's brilliant. Like it's such, I would have never thought of that. How did you, how'd that come about? I stumbled across it and I was looking, um, I was looking for a new product because what I was, what I was hanging my hat on, on Etsy at the time wasn't, um, what I truly wanted to be doing. And so, but I was still doing it, but I knew I wanted to expand and I knew I wanted to go out to different things. And so I was using search engines and looking for, for keywords and, and I would put in bracelet and, and see what would come up for bracelet. And all of a sudden Morse code bracelet kept coming back. And I'm like, well, what is this? And then all of a sudden I started looking into it a little bit more and I saw some ideas and I saw some people that were doing some things with that. And they were mostly like wish bracelets um, on string. And so I decided that, you know, this is pretty cool and it'll be a pretty cool gift. Um, and the personalization factor. And so I sort of worked with different types of materials and came up with something of my own. I mean, you say it so casually. <laughs> 
know how much work went into this. Okay, so here's here's where this gets really exciting. I mean, as it is, personalized gift on Etsy, handmade, which we're seeing less and less of these days. But your bestseller has actually made you over $90,000. Like you you have one specific bestseller. You have others, obviously, that bring in more. But this one bestseller has made you over $90,000, which is phenomenal, which is why I keep repeating myself because I still can't get my brain around it. Can you tell us what that's been like? And how did you come up with such a successful product? Um, well, and I, I have to pat myself on the back just a tad because Please since do. we talked, it's now at $103,000. What? Oh my gosh, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no, it's, it's been nuts. Um, and this is, it was the perfect storm. Um, it was absolutely the perfect storm that happened with this listing. And I, I had reached out um, to get some photos on a model um, because I couldn't. And, and that's a whole other story in itself that we can talk about. But <laughs> I take really, really bad pictures and I didn't have a model. And I really thought it was important to have model pictures. And so I everything takes longer than you plan. And I was scrambling and I'd finally gotten these pictures back. And I was trying to get ready for the Christmas season. And I remember the exact day that I listed this because I got these photos in the morning and I'm slamming them into a listing on November 15th because it was my daughter's birthday. November. Oh my goodness. Okay. Of, of 2019. Okay. And going, okay, this is, I'm just going to do this. It's too late for Christmas, but I'm just going to do this that I just, so I can just say it's listed and then we'll see what happens. And it was a really good picture and it was just it, it just hit the right momentum. And Etsy, I, I call Etsy, I call, I call it the snowball effect. Okay. Because sales breed sales. On yes. Etsy. And it's, it's crazy how once something picks up, and I've watched over the years, I've watched things um, ride, their, ride their wave. And, and usually they slow down, you know, all of a sudden something will, will get, become popular and you'll just start selling it. And, and Etsy likes that. And then it puts it at the top and it, and sales breed sales on Etsy. Well, this one just never slowed down. Um, it caught the tailwinds of, of the Christmas holiday and it has just never stopped. I cannot, I mean, okay. And you, and you actually set up my next my next question because um one of the things that I loved about your um your shop and your story was how you how you problem solve the photography piece um and so I'm so glad you mentioned the model because I think I and you know I like to hack things together I'm the kind of per- I'm a figure it out person you just figure this out on a next <laughs> level so I do want to ju- I want to jump ahead a little bit and talk a little bit about how you handle the photography because we all know it's critical. Like we all know on Etsy, you're not going to get, you're not going to get very far unless you have great pictures. You identified, this is not my gift. <laughs> um, so you hired someone across the country. How, can you talk about that experience of hiring a photographer and a model to make sure you have next level pictures and um, like, what made you decide to do it? How did you select them? All those goodies, because it's a thought process that most of us never went through. I just, I just tried to figure it out and took a lot of really bad pictures. So please educate us. Well, I, I think my husband decided that I took really bad pictures. <laughs> <laughs> They're great at that. Yeah. Um, and, and not that he would ever tell me that I took really bad pictures, but I cannot even begin 
to count the hours upon hours upon days upon weeks that I tried to capture pictures. And, wow. and some things come naturally to people and some <laughs> things don't. And at that point in my life, um, pictures were not my strength. And I would, and I would try to learn and I would go out and I, and I was making it more complicated than I needed to, but I would go out and, and try to have these elaborate, um, settings with, with, okay, let me put in the little leaf and, and all this stuff and <laughs> all the staging, and, the props. Yeah. Get my, get my props and my staging. And, and I, I can tell you that I didn't not understand light whatsoever. And, and when photographers say, you know, it's all about the light, it's like, okay, I know it's all about the light, but what about it? Um, <laughs> because I can't find it. <laughs> and, and I, I would go, I would go out and I would take like 300 pictures and I would come back and I would try to edit them. And, and I ended up with these blue things and yellow things and orbs, nasty things and blurry <laughs> things. And, and, and I would literally, I mean, I'm just, I was, and then I would, okay, let me try again. And then I would find, I remember at one point in time and I'm taking them outside and I don't have, I, at the time I lived in this house that didn't really have a yard and I didn't really have, and it was in the hills. And so my house was built on a hill. So I didn't have a lot of space and, and I didn't have a lot of places that had light and I, but I'm trying all these different places all around my house to try to find the light, to take this picture. <laughs> and, and I finally found the perfect place and it was in my driveway from 640 in the morning until 650 in the morning. I had like this 10 minute window the dust before the perfect light mm -hmm. and then it was gone for the rest of the day and I couldn't find it. And I was like chasing it around. And I, would, I never find it. I am not up that early to take photos, Debbie, but keep going. I was in my robe on my driveway <laughs> taking pictures with, with these, with these white boards, like trying to bounce light and do this and backgrounds and the wind would come and knock it all over. And I'm crying. And my husband just, I think he just got tired of listening to me. And he just said, just pay someone, just pay someone to take the pictures for you. Wow. I um, mean, that was some good feedback, I guess. Monetarily, I'm looking at what you've, you know, I'm, thanks, hubby. I mean. And, 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 it, and it sort of resonated. It's like, because I don't have time to be taking 300 pictures a day, mm -hmm. just to be deleting them, to be running out in my bathrobe <laughs> yes, at 46, 45 <laughs> in the morning in my driveway trying to find the light. Um, so, so I, so we, I made the decision, okay, I'm going to look at a photographer and I started, and this is where my, my technically challenge comes into play really hard because I started on fiber. That okay. was, that was the only thing I really knew. I'd heard about fiber. So I went on fiber and I'm, and I'm trying to look for a photographer and I don't know what I did. But it says, you know, are you not finding what you want? Well, why don't you try this? And so the next thing you know, I'm telling you, I want a jewelry photographer, product photographer with a model. Um, and so I'm typing this all in. And the next thing I know, I'm not even on Fiverr anymore. I'm on Upwork. And now I have just posted a request for looking for a vendor. I had posted a request for a top photographer. I wasn't just doing a Google Google search. So the wow. next thing you know, so the next thing you know, I've got all these people responding to me mm -hmm. saying, 
okay, I'm a photographer. I can do this. And so I literally, I sort of did it by accident. Um, but now I've learned that, oh, I can go into Upwork. I've learned a lot about Upwork um, over time. And I've learned that, okay, I can go into Upwork and I can actually put, I know how to use their search now where I can, I can find, I can put in a search for what I want um, and be able to, and I can do it both ways. I can, you can put in a project and you can have people respond to you okay, or Mm -hmm. you can just look for who's already listed um, and reach out to them. Okay. So guys, some of you are probably wondering, what are we talking about? So there, there are websites out there that can help you connect with a certain, um, skill set that you need, like things that you need to outsource. And Fiverr is spelled F I V E R R.com. And that's a great place. I've used them to hire transcriptionists, um, people to create logos or images. And so it's where you can kind of connect with, like some kind of uh, expert in those areas that you need to outsource and you can get it for pretty inexpensively and you can work with people all across the globe and you can see their ratings and their prices. And then Upwork is U-P-W-O-R-K.com. And that's another one I'm not as familiar with, but it's, is that more about the U.S. or is it all over? I, I feel like that one is easier to find someone locally. Is that true, Debbie? I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. Me either. Um, I, I think that Upwork will also go out of the U S but, but don't mm-hmm. quote me on that because I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I've heard that one's a little higher quality, but you're also going to pay more for Upwork. So it kind of depends on yeah. what you need and where you want to find them. But those are two really good resources for you guys. So you found, um, you then connected with this, you found someone across the country, right? You had to mail your jewelry to. Yeah. She was in Ohio. She still is in You're Ohio. You're in California. She's in Ohio and she's a, photo- a product photographer and she had a model to wear. Yeah, and to wear. She, I, I, I had several people reply and, and I will be very honest <laughs> that I was still, I was still very broke. Um, That's good to know. She is like, not the first person I went with. Okay. Um, oh, wow. The first person that I went with, um, there was, she's, I, I asked for some samples. She gave me some samples of her work and she was much cheaper and I went with her. Okay. And when I got the, uh, when I got the pictures back, um, they were, I could have done that. Oh, Even wow. In my bathrobe at 645 in the morning, running around right, in my right, driveway. Right. They were not, they were not the quality. Because so like vote any, of any, boost of confidence, like, wow, I don't, I'm not that bad slash why did I just waste that money? Yeah. Right. Anybody can say <laughs> that they're a photographer and not everybody is. Wow. Um, Lesson learned. So, so my first, my first photographer did not go that well, okay. um, but it was a good learning experience. Um, and my second photographer um, she had also replied and, and she was more expensive and she came with her own, she, um, she came with her own models. She had a portfolio of models. Um, and so she says, once we decided to work together and I, I had vetted her work and I looked through her portfolio and said, okay, this is good. Um, and then she actually gave me like a menu of models. Um, wow. and, I got to pick, and I got to pick my model. She had like maybe five and I got to pick my model, um, which was amazing. Yes. So do you think, is there, could we maybe learn from you for a second here? Like could, uh, knowing what you know now, how would you have chosen the right one to begin with? Do you think you were just so much looking at the price? I mean, was the first person's um, 
photography, do they maybe not provide real images that they took or how do you think that happened? Um, I, I'm wondering, or maybe that was maybe, maybe they were like me. Okay. This is the best shot I've taken. And it took me 7,000 pictures to get this one shot. Um, What they take regularly. It was like a lucky shot. And so, so my learning from that was, um, it's okay to ask lots of questions. It's okay. okay. It's okay to ask for more samples okay. of oh, their work. So and helpful. and I guess it depends on, it also depends on what you need photographed. Um, because some things are probably easier to photograph than others. Um, and so if I had, like if I had a, a crochet little animal or something, um, that might be a little bit easier to foot that was palm size or holdable size. Yes. That might be that might be a little bit easier to photograph than a six inch bracelet that's yes. less than two millimeters big that's and and the reflections that come off of metal and stuff. So so I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. The metal. Part of it depends on, part of it depends on what you need photographed. So for me, it was really important that I had a jewelry photographer because the reflections off the metals um, can be tricky. And obviously I had not learned them. (laughs) Um, And so the, the learnings would be to ask a lot of questions, ask to see the work as, so what would, what would you do? Or what, you know, give me some ideas of, of how are you going to stage this? Stage this. Um, and, and, and that's the biggest thing. It's okay to ask questions and, and it's okay to start small and just start with maybe one piece and okay, let me send you this and let's see how it goes. And if it goes well, we'll do more. So, okay, this is a silly question, but do you, so you have to, you obviously mail them the piece. They've got to take pictures of it where they live. Do they send it back? I don't know that that matters, but I'm just curious. Did you let them keep it or do they send it back or? Um, I, I let the photographer choose what she, or I let the, I let the photographer and the model both choose a piece that they would like to keep. Okay. Um, just as a gift. And then I yeah, love she, this etiquette. Okay. And then she, they sent the rest back. I had included a, a shipping label and they sent the rest okay. back after they were done. See, I love these little details because otherwise you're kind of wondering like, what's customary? What should I do? I love that. So they got to keep a little something, but then you provided the return label so they could easily get it back to you. How many pieces did you send all at once? Um, I think, cause this is like three years ago yeah, um, or almost three years ago. I think it was, um, oh, I know it was three. Okay. Um, for sure, because I have a picture of three bracelets on one wrist. But I think maybe to get the different angles and some different, I think maybe it was like six or seven that I sent of the bracelets, but which wow. pretty much was the same product, um, just in some different colors. People shop on Etsy for the unique experience of getting something handmade, packaged with care, and just way more meaningful than an average purchase, right? And since we Etsy sellers are completely obsessed with our packaging, and we know how much thoughtful packaging improves our customers' unboxing experience, I am super excited to introduce you to the brand No Issue. All one word, all lowercase, N-O-I-S-S-U-E, No Issue. No Issue makes eco-friendly, yay, 
and customizable packaging that is totally affordable for small businesses and Etsy sellers. Hello, next level branding for your shop. So that means that you can literally get a design that you created, something gorgeous you find on Canva, your logo, whatever you like, physically printed on your packaging materials. And if you're not naturally gifted at design, which is 100% me, (laughs) they have great tools right on the site to help you do it. No Issue literally has everything you need for your packaging, you guys. Like, they have tissue paper, washi tape, poly poly mailers, stamps, stickers, boxes, food-safe paper if you're a a food provider, and the list goes on. I couldn't fit it all here and not make this forever long. So y'all need to know that my clients rave about this company. It's the best way you can up your packaging game while also being environmentally friendly and set your shop apart by leveling up that customer experience. Not to mention your photo possibilities with your cute new packaging materials, like hello Instagram. So if you've been buying your tissue paper at Walmart and your poly mailers from Amazon, try no issue instead. It's still affordable. It's so much cuter. And the earth will thank you for making an eco-friendly choice. Grab their link in the show notes and get ready to send serious happy mail to your customers. Okay, I'm, and I'm, I know I'm totally being nosy, but also, were you nervous sending them off? Like, am I ever going to see these again? Am I going to get ripped off? How did you kind of, you know, get around all of that? Or how did you make sure you could trust them? Or I felt a lot more comfortable because it was on Upwork. Okay, and because Because I got to see her work history and her reviews. Yes. And no, um, you could leave a review. Like, <laughs> P.S., like, send, yeah. you know, $800 or whatever worth of jewelry and never got it back. Or I know, I'm, you know, I'm just making I mean, up a number, but. If I had, I mean, I wouldn't have had such confidence if it was on like Craigslist or something like yes. that. Yes. Um, but I had confidence because um, she was like a top rated photographer um, and she had really good reviews and a lot of them. And she had been established. It tells you, I believe it tells you how long they've been on Upwork and how many, how many, about how many jobs they've completed. You get some good information from Upwork. This is so good, Deb. This is a conversation we've never had on the podcast. It's so good. And here's the thing. This, like that extra work for you and that expense has paid off. We're talking over 100K. Oh yeah, it's the best thing I did. Yes. And then, I mean, here's the thing too. We talked about this in the intro, but you being featured on brides.com in 2021 and good housekeeping um, just this month. Why? Because your photos are awesome and other people, like big publications like that are attracted to that and they want to help promote it because it's good content for them too. I mean, I just, it's... Oh, what is that like? Like being featured, having your product like that featured in a huge publication. I mean, ah, tell me about that. Well, okay. The first time yeah. I, it was for brides.com. I didn't even know it <laughs> um, in the, because it was during the pandemic and we were, I was so focused on just juggling, trying to keep the restaurants going yes. um, during the pandemic and, and keeping up on, on orders that I was not even paying attention to my traffic and where it came from. And then all of a sudden, I don't even remember when, how, why, what, but all of a sudden it's like, well, let me go look at my traffic. Um, and let me see where my searches are coming from. And because I don't do a lot of social media, I don't do any social media right now. I'm, I've been really inactive. Not that I don't want to, it's just been- Because it's a whole second job. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a little bit of a juggling like, game right now. It, but a whole other job. <laughs> um, and so I don't pay a lot of attention to my traffic because I know it all comes from Etsy, typically. 
um, because I'm not doing anything to make it happen. Um, so all of a sudden, I don't even know, I was, I had extra time one day and it's like, well, let me go peek around and see what's going on. And I went, it's like, oh my gosh, I have all these searches from brides.com. And so I went, it's like, and I started researching it and I started digging a little bit farther. It's like, oh, I've been on there for like six months already. Um, and I didn't even know it, but, and it, and it's brides.com is, um, it's a lot of different articles and it's a lot of gift guides. Um, and so I was sort of in the top gifts for your sister-in-law at your wedding. Wow. Um, but it, I mean, it's made a difference. I've gotten, I had barely even broken into the wedding type um, products. I mean, I had some, but they really weren't selling it. And it, and I, I, since then, I have noticed a definite increase in that. Um, and then the good housekeeping one, um, that one, I noticed the biggest impact because that just happened. And all <laughs> of a sudden between, between Mother's Day and graduations and that, I've been going nuts for the last three weeks, just nonstop in the shop. And so it's definitely made an impact. Um, Almost to the point, it's like, okay, can it sort of slow down? Yeah, that's when I had to pull up the vacation mode for a few weeks. Yeah, and get I've, I, I know everything's going to taper off as soon as as soon as summer hits. I mean, that's the time that everything tapers off, and so I, I've extended my shipping times out a little bit um, yeah. to try to to make up for it. And but I don't really want to put it on vacation because I figure like this is my last. Hurt. And plus, if I'm if I just got listed in a gift guide. Yes. It's like the last thing I want to do is, oh, this shop's on vacation. Yeah, ride um, the wave. Ride the wave. Yeah. So hire I hire some high schoolers this summer to come make bracelets or something. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's so busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely and it's I'm I'm feeling almost it's almost to the point where it's like part of Christmas, except for I'm not prepared for it. I wasn't right. prepared you for didn't brace yourself like for I, it. Yeah. Like I prepare for Christmas. So yeah, it's been, it's been busy this week and last week and the week after. This is perfect. Cause another question I had for you, a topic I thought we should touch on is how you, how you balance a full-time shop with running restaurants. I mean, honestly, Debbie, where is your superwoman shirt? Is it hiding under your blouse? Because like, is your sweater a cape? I don't understand. How do you how do you juggle that? I mean, that's not normal. How do you do it? Tell us. Well, you're giving me a lot of credit, but you don't <laughs> you don't you don't see me going ah running around okay. in circles sometimes. There's a dog um, paddling underneath the water like crazy, looking yeah, at that. Um, it's very very carefully, okay. um, and. I guess the, I guess sometimes you just, I do, I do a lot of planning. Okay. Um, and one of my biggest strengths and one of my biggest weaknesses is I'm an overachiever. So I'm always trying to do too much and I'm always trying, I always put too much on my plate and my daughters always look at me and roll their eyes and go, mom, you realize you cause this, this stress yourself. Right. And it's like, yes, I know, but I thrive under stress. Um, and and so, but I have learned to tone down. I have learned to, um, I do, I do a lot of planning at the beginning of the year. 
Okay. Um, I plan the goals for the restaurants. I plan the goals that I want to get done for, for Willow Road. Um, and then I tone them down. I've learned. <laughs> you ramp them back, huh? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I, I can take like a year's worth of goals and say, okay, I want to get these done in 45 days. Um, and, and I've, and I've realized that, okay, things just life happens and pandemics happen and things happen and things just are not going to go. Um, always the way you want them to. And and so I've learned over, I'm, I'm still an overachiever, but I've learned to slow down my pace um, and, and try to be a little bit more realistic in my goals. And, and I think the, the biggest thing that the pandemic has taught me is sometimes things just aren't going to happen the way you plan them and, <laughs> and just do the best you can right now. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, and, and it's okay because I, I, had, I had decided in 2019 when I introduced – in the middle of 2019 is when I wanted to rebrand and I wanted to do this big shift of what I was doing. And, man, if you would have seen my goals for, for 2020, they were crazy. I mean, I was just from full-blown going on social media to 15 wow. product lines to learning new techniques for a new product, another new product line to opening my own website. I mean, my it was probably five years worth of goals for just a normal person. And I was going to get them all done in 2020. And then in March, the pandemic hit and, and I just had to completely shift focus. I had, I had to close my shop down, put it on vacation mode probably for over four months um, or five months that year, just because I had to focus on the restaurants. And so, so the best thing that it's, it's taught me is just, you know, keep going forward, but sometimes it's okay if you don't get everything done exactly the way you wanted and when you wanted to get it done. Wow. Oh my gosh. I just can't imagine the juggle. I mean, it's sort of, and I don't even, I wouldn't compare it, but it's sort of like trying to juggle motherhood full-time and a business full-time. So your kids are grown. So it's like, you've got your two. <laughs> your, I don't know. I have, 80, I have 80 employees and they're sort of like raising kids too. Are they? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for sure, especially through a pandemic. I'm sure it took extra love and care. And then my guess is you dealt with all kinds of staffing challenges like so many other restaurants did. Um, do you, I don't remember. Do you have anyone helping you in the Etsy shop at all? Um, mostly no. I had I I did bring in help, not last Christmas, which I should have last Christmas, but I didn't. But the Christmas before, I did have someone come in for a day and help me. And I will next Christmas. And I know, and after going through it for a couple seasons, I know where better to use the help and how they can be more productive. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I probably will, just so I can keep the momentum going. Um, and not have to, I, I like to, when my dad used to say, when the fish, when keep on, when the fish are biting, keep on fishing. Or something yeah. like that. And so I do try to push it to the limit, like at Christmas time, when you know that you've got that captive audience that people want to buy things. So I do try to push it through and, and get as many sales through as I possibly can during those peak holiday times. You know, okay, so you're, um, you're way more of a planner than I probably am. So do you, gosh, especially with all you juggle, do you have specific tips for people at the Christmas season? I mean, I know you're getting hit right now from this <laughs> good housekeeping run. 
So you couldn't plan for it so much. But like when you know Christmas is coming and you're going to have this big boom, how do you um, how do you manage that craziness? What are your systems? You plan, you plan, you plan. <laughs> like your time? Are you kind of planning like you're planning how you're going to space your time out or like is that about having, you know, ordering supplies in advance or what is like the really the practical of that? All of the above. And mm-hmm. I start preparing for Christmas in July. Okay. Um, and and Are you working ahead, making stuff ahead of time. And everything is pretty much made to order. Wow. Because, because everything is customized. It has to be. It has to be, uh, it has to be because it's, I mean, it, it's whatever bracelet length you want. It's whatever saying you want. It's whatever Ugh. colors you want. So it's pretty much made. It has to be made once the order is placed. But, but um, there's a lot that I do in my packaging. Um, and so I do all of that prep and get everything ready in, in July, August, September, in the slower months. Um, so literally I've got like a thousand, 1500 boxes ready Wow! Um, for when the Christmas season hits and, and all of the little, I mean, I do a lot of little extras, um, and stuff envelopes and put little care cards and stuff. And I, so I get all of that stuff done during the summertime when it's slower and get that ahead of time. Um, and then after my first Christmas, um, I put together a list of every single thing that I used, even down to the tissue paper and the packing boxes and the tape um, okay. and the different the different components. Um, and so that's my shopping list. And I start building I start building that up in July, August, in the summertime, um, so I don't forget anything. And and now I've learned after like my, my very first Christmas, I was not expecting it to be that busy. And I can remember having to stop like three times going, oh my gosh, do I have enough supplies to even make the orders that I have right now? Yeah. And, I, and I would frant, I would be frantic. I would like sit down and count them um, going, counting. Okay. I know this is how many, and I'm like, Okay, this is ridiculous because I spent an hour counting these little itty bitty teeny weeny pieces. It's like, okay, I need to, and then I'd place these overnight orders. Um, well, now I've I've got a formula where I pretty much know, okay, if I'm going to sell a hundred, I just batch it in the hundreds. If I'm going to sell a hundred, this is how many pieces I need, and then I keep them together. Um, okay. So I never have to go back and, and I'll order. It's like, okay, this is a hundred. This is a hundred. So now I've got 10 bags of these so I can make a thousand gold bracelets. Um, Your poor hands. I don't even know. um, So now I don't have to sit there and count wondering. And I, and I, again, I start ordering my supplies in July um, and slowly start building up so that by, by October, I have everything that I need to get me through the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And you're not having to worry, but you've got enough to go. And I'm not, I, I've got enough. I've got enough to, to get through the busiest season and not have to worry about the supply chain yes. um, breaking down, which, which actually I'm building up right now. Cause I'm sort of freaking out um, right. about the supply chain. So I've just like humongously increased the amount that I keep on hand. So I'm keeping like three months worth on hand. It feels really nervous. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing I really love about you because it's really rare is like 
you're this busy powerhouse woman and yet you're still choosing to hand make your jewelry rather than use a print on demand model, <laughs> which these days a lot of my listeners are really interested in print on demand because they're trying to simplify their life. They want to add the other stream of income. They want the creativity piece, but they don't have time to be making products. So can you please talk to us about that decision? It, it's it's a huge one and I really respect it. I'm not saying, and for the, those listening, I'm not saying print on demand is bad or wrong. I just also really appreciate when someone wants to get back to that down home, earthy, made, you know, handmade. It's just, it makes it such an extra special gift. So I would love to know your thought process behind that. And I've, I've looked, I looked at print on demand yeah. and I've, I've thought about it and, and come to the conclusion that it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason that I may not want to admit to, but now I'm going to, is that control <laughs> freak side of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little bit of that control freak. I don't want something something coming out with my name that I don't have complete control of. So there's part of that. That okay. there is there is that underlying part of that um, that is true. I think the bigger the bigger part for me um, is I sell I I sell a product, but more so I sell an experience. Wow. Oh yeah. Love it. Okay. And, and it's, it's, I mean, everything, everything now is so impersonal and it's so hustle bustle and busy and chaotic. And yeah, I need something. I can go on Amazon and I can order something and I can have her at my doorstep in a day, but there's no variations of it. There's no, Hey, but could you do this maybe? Or, or, and, and if it's a gift, it's going to arrive in a poly mailer with, with it's, it's not an experience. Mm-hmm. And I am in the, my, I am in the gift giving experience industry. Um, so that you can come to Willow Road and you can know and be so proud that you're going to get this gift that is not in a poly mailer. It's got extras in it, little extra things and extra touches to make it so that when the recipient gets it, even if you're your own recipient, because we all deserve to get gifts. Um, but when the recipient gives it, it's going to be an, an unboxing experience. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be surprise. Oh, well, I get to open this and oh my gosh, look at, okay, let me go through all the tissue paper and, and, and oh my gosh, look at this. And so, and, and you're never going to get that out of print on demand. You're going to get mm-hmm. a box and a, and a poly mailer. Um, and you're not going to get the personal touches, um, and the level of customer service. I do, um, I do so many extra little details, um, that couldn't be done in like print on demand. And, and some people probably wouldn't do them going, okay, that's too, I'm too busy for that. And right. But but that's what's, that's what, that's what's allowed me to have raving fans and so many repeat customers because they know that they can come to me and be like, Hey Debbie, can you put this message in all 11 packages (laughs) that, that are being sent out. Cause I just, I mean, last week I had somebody that ordered them for their soccer team for all the graduating seniors oh. and they wanted a personal message in every single, in every single passage package. And so sure, I'll do that for you. No problem. Um, and so 
those you you just can't do those with with print on demand and 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 I just want to go back to that let me take care of you like like somebody's walking into an online boutique yes. that they're going to get that extra little care and service and attention and personalization um and no I'm not Amazon <laughs> or mm-hmm. yeah, that you I mean it's does that make sense it does and you know what there's a place for both yeah, um, I order from Amazon all the time. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But there are plenty of times when I'm thinking, I need to get a quick gift. What am I, not even quick, I need to get a gift. I need to have it shipped to this person. I don't really want to have it to send here. And then I need to package it and figure all that out and then ship it out again. That feels like, I, I love that there are still people like you making it so I can create that experience for the person I want to give a gift to. And it feels extra special. It feels like extra thought went into it. So there's a, there's a place for both. And I, I just love stories like yours because I think that's kind of, you know, Etsy, Etsy can do so much now. It's such a massive platform and has so many shoppers and so many sellers. You can find whatever you want there, but it started as this, you know, what you're doing, what I used to do with the signs, making you know, hand making something, hand wrapping something, mm-hmm. there's a special note on it. Um, and I just love that that is still part of the experience. And I, I want the audience to know that if, you know, if there's a part of you that just, you, you kind of go Joanna Gaines a little bit, and you want to get your hands in something and you like that feeling, there's a huge market for it on Etsy. And you can kill it because there's a lot fewer of you now, Debbie, than there are print on demand or a digital file or something like that, that's going to be you know, that's going to feel like more of a big box experience rather than a boutique experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what else did I really want to, um, oh, you know what that was going to lead into? I know I wanted to talk with you about customer service because I personally think it's super underrated. I think it was a huge pillar for where I've gotten my shop to. Um, do you have any, you clearly, I know, and from talking before, I know this is a, um, a pillar for you too. It's, it's, a, it's an important thing to you too. So can you share some tips on how new sellers can really build their business on great customer service? I think that's something you do so well. Um, I think building the trust, um, building the trust with your customers and, and to do that, it's just, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Um, and first and foremost, just do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. If, if you, if you have this list as a shipping time, make sure you ship it by this time. Um, answer questions um, for your customers ahead of time. Like if you if you have certain questions that always come up, answer them ahead of time in your descriptions, um, letting them know okay what's going to happen. One of the things that I still do, and and it's it's really really hard. Um, but I still do it for every single order. As soon as I get an order, I send them out a message, yep. letting them know what to expect. Same. Yeah. Um, every single time. Every single time. And, and letting them know what's, what day it's expected to ship, if they have any questions. And, um, so, and, and I've been doing that from day one, mm-hmm. uh, like from seven years ago, just because I thought, well, when I mean Etsy's a lot more well known now than it was seven years ago, ten years yes. ago, however many years ago, fifty. I think it's been around for I mean maybe fifteen or more years. Um, but it's and it's a lot more well known now. But, but seven years ago, I'd barely even heard of Etsy. Um, 
And so it's like, okay, if I did this, what would I want? Well, I would want to know, um, did somebody get my order? <laughs> did, this yeah. act, did this actually go through? Does somebody have this? Is it? Yes. And, and this, so that's what made me start. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for your order. Um, this is the next steps. And then I put in a plug, you know, Hey, follow me on social media, but, but keeping them abreast of what's going on. Um, and then I think the biggest thing in customer service would be how you handle an oops. Right. When something goes wrong. And it will. <laughs> and it will. Um, as embarrassing as it is, is, things go wrong and, and a bracelet breaks or something happens that, or you send out the wrong colors or all of a sudden we went on all the, I mean, I, I've made lots of mistakes, unfortunately. Um, but it's how you handle that mistake. Um, and some people are don't belong in the customer service business and in how they handle when something goes wrong. Yes. Um, and it's like, well, I mailed it. That's my responsibility. Well, it got lost in the mail and the customer didn't get it. And what would you do if I, that how I, my biggest thing is how would I want this handled if this happened to me? Yes. And, and every single situation that I've had where something's sort of gone sideways is like, how would I want this handled if I were in that situation? And 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 then ramp it up one level. Right. And and do that um, to exceed to exceed the customer's expectation. Because that's what gets you raving fans. That's what that's yes. what takes them from a cust that what takes them from a customer to a raving fan. And I and I probably I, that comes, I, it's just the foundations and and it's been ingrained in me in all my years of restaurant business. This is Things happen. It's how you fix it that makes the difference. Those sometimes turn into the best stories. I mean, and that's not just that's not just going to get you the five star review. That's going to get you. They're going to buy from you every single gift they need for the next three years. A absolutely, and it and it that just locks in the trust. Okay, mm -hmm. I if I know that I can trust that this person's going to do what they said they did and make anything right if something went wrong, and and I'm not even going to look anyplace else. This is my go to. And I'll admit, even when it's cost me money, I have never regretted taking, just going above and beyond for that cut. Like it has never backfired. It has never, it has always been worth it. It's always made up for itself, really taking care of them, whether it was my fault or not. I love that. I have the same exact mentality. And then the other thing, um, Debbie, is that I would love to hear what kind of general success tips you have for a new seller. I mean, I guess specifically in the jewelry space, but just generally on Etsy, you know, you're, you're still just having so much success on there. Um, I, I love everything about your shop. What, what would you tell someone just starting out? Just do it. Don't be afraid, <laughs> well, don't be afraid to try um, yeah. and, and just do it. Take one big jump into the pool and do it. Um and and I think you've said this, or you've had you've had guests that have said this. Done is better than perfect. Yes. Um, it took me it took me over six months from the time that I decided I'm going to open an Etsy shop um, to the time that I actually did open an Etsy shop. Wow. Um, and I could have probably done it in a day. <laughs> Looking back. Looking back, um, you don't have to wait until everything's absolutely perfect. Right. Because it, nev it never will be. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And even when you think it's absolutely perfect, everything evolves. And once you get it the way you think you're going to want it, it's going to change. You're going to want to change it again. I mean, I'm still involving. I went through a a huge rebranding three years ago and I'm, I'm twisting things and, and turning them and, 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 and evolving again, because now it's like, okay, well, I like this, but I just want to tweak it and shift it. So it's always going to be a work in progress. Just jump in and, and done is better than perfect because it's just always going to be an evolution. Um, and for the, I guess for the jewelry business specifically, um, that just happens to be like the, one of the major overly saturated, (laughs) You think so? Markets on it's huge, hugely saturated. You go mm-hmm. in and, and put jewelry into the search bar and, and watch the millions upon millions of, of search results come up. Um, but find you, but there, but even though it's oversaturated, mm-hmm. um, there is still room on Etsy for everyone. I agree. You just I just had a coaching to- client who started a jewelry shop and she took off. I'm begging her. She knows who she is, Jackie. I'm begging yeah. her to come on the podcast because it, everyone thinks you can't get an edge yeah. in the jewelry market, but you can. She just started and she took off. There is room for everyone. You just got yes. to find your thing and find what, find what makes you special and unique mm-hmm. um, and run with it. Um, so don't be afraid. And what's, I mean, you started, what's the worst that can happen? So just go for it. You keep tweaking, you keep testing, yeah. you keep yeah. trying. You, and, you don't and, put so much pressure on the whole thing that it's got to save the world. You keep, you treat it like a, a laboratory. You're experimenting. Absolutely. And, and I've created some things that were duds. It's like, okay, this didn't work. And, and oh, you, same. you try them and you phase them out and, and then you, and, but it's just, it's this, it's this constant learning experience where you, you learn what ends up working well, what didn't work well. Um, and don't beat yourself up if you follow your dreams and do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. So good, Debbie. Thank oh, you. So good. So tell us where can the listeners find you connect? Where are you on the interwebs? I'm on Etsy. I still <laughs> haven't gotten, I still haven't gotten my website up. It will happen. I think I'm, I'm planning on 2024 now, um, but you can find me on Fair. Etsy, Willow Road CA, um, and the same on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm hoping that as soon as I get through this graduation rush, I want to get back to being a little bit more active and having some fun um, on Facebook and Instagram. But you can also find me at Willow Road CA on both of those. Amazing. I know that they're going to be looking all over at that. Thank you for sharing it. This has been so fun, Debbie. Your story is unique. Everyone's is, isn't it? This is so cool, but we can learn so much. And I love everything you shared. I'm kind of sad it's over. I'm kind oh, of shocked it's you. over, but I'm, but thank you for, thank you for your openness and your willingness. And it's been so fun becoming friends with you. Thank you so much. I have absolutely had a blast. Um, and I learned so much from your podcast. I love listening to it every week. Oh, thank you. I'm honored to see, I love it when established sellers want to listen. You guys, 
hit me, if you're an established seller, hit me up. Like you might be a perfect podcast person. Like I'm so grateful. Debbie was so willing, like your stories, we all learn so much from them and from each other and new people and people who are too scared to try and people who are super established are all listening. So thank you all of you. I can't believe you're here with me. I'm feeling emotional. Um, so thank you, Debbie. It's been a blast and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. See, see you soon. <laughs> you too. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.